Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And I am so excited for this show because Brian Krebs actually drove down from Minnesota, Medicine, Kansas City, and it was me and my buddy Chris, all three of us, we ended up going out and meeting up with Stephen Walker. Now, Stephen has been on the Nomadic Outdoorsman and on the Western Rookie Podcast. He is a diehard shed hunter and avid outdoorsman from Colorado. So we went and met up with him, and he took us down to New Mexico for a shed hunting trip that we'll never forget. So we actually did the prequel episode to this on the Western Rookie, and this is the follow-up. So if you haven't listened to the Western Rookie episode yet, go ahead and do that. Come back, listen to this, hear how it all turned out. But we did record this in the truck on the drive home, which means there's some road noise. So forgive me for that, but we had a ton of fun. It was an awesome adventure. Let's jump in. Like he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like we would be okay. Okay, false alarm, guys. Before we hop into today's episode, I've got to let you know the YouTube video is live. Yes, you heard that right. We actually created a great YouTube video. I'm really excited, and this is something that I'm excited to do from now on, is make YouTube episodes of our hunts. Who knows? Maybe it turns into a TV show one day. But I'm telling you right now, you got to go check it out if you want to see the scenery, the landscape, the reactions to picking up these sheds. It is up now on YouTube, so go check it out. All right, guys. Welcome to today's show. We are on our way back. We're in Kansas. Got like two hours left before we get back to my truck. But I'm here with Brian Krebs and Chris Parsons getting done with a shed hunt. Heck, yeah. What uh, what'd you guys think? Dude, it was a blast. I had fun. It was new country to me I've never hunted New Mexico I don't think any of us have hunted New Mexico no so I've had very limited New Mexico experience I think the last time I was in New Mexico there was an ice storm and I saw a car fully on fire like a hundred yards off the road that's pretty western yeah it was it was not fun I wouldn't have expected that for New Mexico no no I would not have expected that either Chris what do you think man man it was good um, that is some rough country, so I will give it that. Uh, I mean, I knew what to expect, so it wasn't totally outside of the expectations, but man, it was, uh, put some miles in for sure. Yeah, we are currently loaded down with way more gear than we needed and a lot of sheds. Yeah, we got 23 sheds strapped to the back. Um, I think this was a good market validation test for a free pack list that we'll come out with for people to know exactly <laughs> Dude, what you keep looking at me. Me. you had you had as much stuff in the truck bed before Chris and got Chris and I both got here. True, but I also brought the cooler for our food. yeah and the Blackstone. yep. 
and then I had one bag of hunting clothes in my pack and like our camp gear like paper plates and garbage bags and the shitter yeah we uh i mean we had the tent and then uh dan's king size fold-out bed <laughs> yeah if you wouldn't have brought the king size like what is that thing 72 by 80 dude that cot is so comfortable it is definitely i not. mean i hope so because i mean we charted that thing all the way across the states it i'm telling you it's like a padded comfortable hammock mixed with a bed I probably slept better than everybody all week long. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. And yeah. and we definitely needed that sleep. Brian Brian did not sleep well for totally different reasons though. Yeah, I didn't not, sleep. Not not well. necessarily because of the soreness or, or the fatigue, but his no, dog just no. wanted to paint the inside of the tent brown every <laughs> night. Not every night, one time. He did it <laughs> one time in the tent and unfortunately one time in the truck. But <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I think he did it like seven times in the truck. <laughs> one, it's just a one ongoing incident. We didn't close that report out. It was it was one time, but he did a figure eight in the back seat <laughs> all throughout that one time. He spun a nice three sixty. <laughs> yeah, Shed Dog Grizz got a little sick. I think he I think he had a mix of dehydration, electrolyte imbalance, over fatigued probably a little heat stroke probably drank a little bit of bacon grease off the blackstone and uh it all caught up with them on day three yeah it was it was not pretty but let's let's just break down the whole trip and we'll get to some details about about him painting the inside of your truck brown um but why don't we start with like day one driving out and maybe we'll pick up when we when we met up with Steven and then go from there. So we we were trying to figure out, first of all, we're on the way out. We're like a state away already. And Chris is like, dude, do you guys know where we're shed hunting? And we're like, nope. no, not really. Do you know where we're going? Uh, nope, not really. Like even just to meet up with Steven, we knew the general area, but we still didn't have an address. Right. We were talking about that on our... We did, like, an intro episode over on the Western Rookie that you guys can check out and then come back and, and hit this one up for, like, the outro of the of the trip. But we were talking about that on that episode. Like, we should probably text this guy since we're, <laughs> like, 1,200 miles into this trip and he's, we still don't have his address for, like, where we're going to meet him. Yeah, he gave us a couple good food recommendations, which the place we ended up going, they knew him really well, but... He should have warned us about the chicken nachos. I mean, they were tasty. They were good. They were very, very tasty. I ate a large plate of them. But, dude, that messed us both up, man. I was not prepared for the aftermath. No, it was like morning. Chris and I were like moping around with morning sickness the entire next day. I like how you two get the most vanilla thing you can order at a Mexican restaurant besides maybe like a cheese quesadilla. And it messes you up. And me and Steven both get this, like, huge pepper fajita mix with steak and rice and beans all mixed together. And we're both, like, we're fine. Dude, yeah. the amount of steak that you had 
on your plate. Yeah. Like you couldn't get to the bottom of the plate without running into a piece of steak. Even when it looked like there was nothing. You know when you're like going through change looking for all the quarters? Yeah. And you're like, there's no way there's another quarter in here. And then all of a sudden there's four more. Yeah. That's what it was like with your steak. Yeah. It's like they took a 24-ounce porterhouse and put it all in there somewhere. It's like, oh, we'll tuck a little under this rice and we'll throw a couple pieces under the beans over here. I mean, it it was good food, but it definitely messed us up. So we meet up with Steven. He comes in. We kind of had. We were trying to figure out. He's much taller than I thought. <laughs> how tall he was? You were like, "No, dude, he's short." And I'm like, "I don't think he is." And he's not. I mean, he's a pretty decent size. I think size he was dude. about the same size as me. It's the same height as me, like six one, six two. Yeah. Maybe a half inch shorter. But uh, I've only seen pictures like, of him kneeling like, with a shed. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, that's, that's fair. I mean, he's never just like standing up next to other guys in the pictures that I see. Yeah. So. We were just kind of guessing. I, I just look at people, and typically I've got a good good idea. I definitely messed it up with you. Yeah, you did. You thought I was a munchkin. Yeah, and I thought you were really short. Couldn't be more wrong. No, you're not short. Um, so we meet up with him, and he's like, all right, guys, so I just live like five miles <laughs> <laughs> or five minutes up the road from here. He's like, now get ready because it's going to be a little... It's going to be a little bit western. I mean, it. Th- this road's the roughest road in the county. I'm telling y'all. I'm telling y'all, dude. And we start going out of town, and we're already five minutes out of town, and we're like, this road isn't bad at all. That's what I thought. I'm like, he said five minutes. We've been going ten. This road's not that bad. Like, And there's houses all over. One of these is probably just Stevens. We discovered when he tells you how many minutes away some something is that's to the start of a dirt road that's like not to the destination from like getting on the main road and get like he starts the timer when he gets up to speed and he ends it when he slows down yeah. to get on the next mountain road so then we get on the dirt road leading to his house and that was what 25 minutes oh more than that i think it was a long trek and that road was a rough road but we get to his place and he's like let me show you guys something and so we go into the garage and he just has a pile of sheds and we're talking sheds like he found one one year and it was very unique the pedicle made like a 90 degree angle and then he found the next year's and then somebody else he knows found the year after that so he has three matching or three sides of this elk and it's a very unique elk like no chance it's different ones and we're already kind of geeking out about it and then we went inside and just the volume of sheds and big, nasty sheds was crazy to me. That got me fired up. I was ready to rock at that point. Yeah, his house was like the outdoorsman's house that keeps on giving. Like he's got a pile in the garage, and we're like, man, that's awesome. Then we go into his house, and he's got a bear rug on the wall. He's got a couple axis deer, two giant elk, his sheds everywhere. And we're like, man, this is cool. He's like, oh, check this out. And he goes over and picks up a 208-inch set of mule deer sheds oh from his gosh. kitchen. And then we geek out on those. He's like, dude, I'm telling y'all, you're going to want to see this. And he, we go up to his like his bonus room above the garage where someone was growing the devil's lettuce before him. <laughs> the devil's lettuce. And he's got like whitetail sheds. All of his archery bowls are up there. He's got a match set of moose paddles. Like a hundred arrow points that he's found. Oh, dude, that that arrowhead collection was pretty impressive. Yeah, turkey had a full strut turkey that Grizz kept trying to sniff. A couple other fans. I mean, just stuff 
everywhere, like enough to fill up a shop. Yeah. Every every foot of the wall is covered in stuff. And he's showing us, he's like, man, this is where this is where we're going tomorrow. And we find these big sheds and we find a lot of sheds. And uh, so we all had made that bet how many sheds we thought we would find, who would find the biggest one. And he came in strong. I thought we'd find like 48, I think I said. You said 49. 49. And he came in with 60. And I was like, dude, that gets my hopes up. Because you guys were like two-thirds of what I guess and half of what I guess. And no, like two-thirds and a third almost. Yeah. And so so I'm, I'm super pumped up. And then we follow him down to the shed hunting spot the next morning. And, dude, that place just maces everywhere. And as soon as we got there, I'm like, this is not going to be easy. I made the mistake of watching, like, the easiest shed hunting video on YouTube right before this where they found, like, 29 sheds by lunchtime, and they were in almost completely flat ground. And then we get out there, and I'm like, this is not – like, we're walking in and out of – oak brush we're walking up and down muddy mountainsides through boulder fields up and down mesas and it it was a lot of work but we found what did we find that first day you you found that busted up elk shed that would have been a good shed but he was chocked and busted Um, (laughs) how do you how do you judge that that would have been a good elk shed because we there were two points on it. Because those two fronts <laughs> were like 15 inches. Dude, it Like, would, you don't have raghorns with 15-inch fronts and a 4-inch I don't think it was that big. It would have been a big shed. It would have been just as big as, like, Stevens. No, no chance. We'll hold it up to the, the We will. Point. We yeah. will. I'm, that, I, I, you can just look at the fronts. Like I figured it was a real small up. 4, or a real small 5, or a decent 4. I don't, I think you're underestimating it, but. But it was busted off right above the 2. It so, had strong fronts. That's all I'm saying. Okay, we'll we'll take a look at it when we get it out. But it was just, even, yeah. it was not even chalk. It was pink. I mean, it was in really rough shape. Which we found a lot of those on this trip. Yeah, it looked like oversmoked salmon. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we found that, and then what did Stephen find? He found two hard white, or like a hard white and a chalk mule deer, and he walked a long ways that first day. Oh, yeah, man. He went all the way out to the mesa across the valley, like yeah. side-hilled all the way out there and then dropped down and crossed this huge valley. Yeah. Um, like, how far away was that point that he went to? A mile and a half? Two miles, like, straight line? Probably probably just a mile. I think it looks bigger when you're up on top looking down on yeah, it. Yeah, I can but, see that. But, yeah, he did that. And then while he was doing his walkabout, you and I were glassing, and we both glassed what we thought were sheds. To be fair, we looked at yours, and we had a one, to, we had a two to the one vote between Chris, Dan, yeah. and I. Chris and I thought it kind of looked like a stick. Dan really thought it was a shed. I was probably like eighty percent. Yeah, it it was close enough, and I had only found that chalk that I was like, I'm going to go take a closer look no matter what. Like, it's yeah. worth it. We've got plenty of time. And so I say, all right, I think it's a stick, so I'll guide you in because I don't want to walk down there for it. Oh, gosh, dude, I totally... And so Dan drops off the face, which is a steep face. Like, it's it's rock climbing on your way down. He gets to the bottom, and he waves at me in this open. And I'm like, hey, I got you. 
you're about 100 yards away. No, 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 no. I, you never said I never a said, distance away. No, I never said 100 yards, but you were pretty close. Oh. So I'm like, okay, he knows where he's kind of at. And I said, just go like 45 degrees to your right. And I figured you would go like 50 yards because you knew you were close and be like, how's that? Dude, I didn't think I was anywhere near it. I thought I had hundreds of yards to go still. Well, clearly, because you do that. And I'm like, I haven't heard from Dan in a while. And, he, and so I'm like, Dan, where are you at? I lost you. And he goes, I'm right here in the open waving my arms at you. And I'm searching everywhere. Binos, spotter, can't find It's Dan. like you and Chris both looking for me. I can see you guys plain as day. I can see the direction that you're looking. Yeah, you're like a little bit to the right, a little bit to the left. I'm like, dude, you're not there. And he's like, all right, I'm going to climb up on this boulder field and like wave a stick around. And I'm like, <laughs> uh-oh, there's no boulders around this shit. <laughs> like, I don't know. what. Now I'm like looking for boulders and there's nothing. I see Dan on the skyline. He's on a, like 800 yards past his shed on the skyline. He goes, Dan, it is embarrassing how far past that shed you went. And I'm like... From, from the point of view on top, it looked like the shed, or what I thought was a shed, was kind of on an uphill deal. And I, w- I was in flat ground. I was going downhill, if anything, the whole way until I got to that boulder field. And so I was like, it's got to be on this face somewhere. I just don't know where. And I definitely did not pick out any good landmarks to try to find. Yeah. I, I was just like, I'm going to head in that direction. They'll see me and guide me in. Yeah, so we finally get you into it. And what were you thinking when I said, all right, you're in the clearing? That I, you thought, I thought you didn't know where that shed was anymore. I really did. Yeah. I was like, dude, he just doesn't realize. Like, he took his eyes off it looking for something else. And now he, he thinks it's over here, but I'm actually in the wrong spot. Well, so I was glassing the whole time you were walking. And I actually found something that I was 99% sure was a shed. It looked exactly like a, t- a fifth, like a five point with his fourth and fifth. And then there was a third like wrapped around. Everything was perfect. I'm like, okay, Dan's going after a stick, but that's definitely a shed. I'll have him pick it up on the way back. So I was glassing around and by the one you were going after, there was like a root right next to it under a cedar tree that was really white. And it was like an immediate marker. I was like, yeah, I double checked it like three times when you were in that clearing. I'm like, no, oh, that okay. is the clearing that he said it was in. Dude, I got to that clearing. Well, actually, you were walking me in, and you're like, dude, just keep going another 20 yards. And I was like, no. Like, in my mind, I don't know if I said it on the radio or not, but in my mind, I'm like, no, I don't need to. I see the shed. And it was like, I swear I saw a hard white right behind the cedar tree. So I go around the cedar tree to the left, and I get around it, and there's just literally nothing there. I think that was the route that was And I was like, what the heck? And so I was like, all right, whatever. And the way the sun plays tricks on you, like it hits something a certain way and it looks way different than when it's in the shade. Yeah. And so you're like, dude, you're right there. Like right there where you're standing is where you said that shed was. And there is, there's nothing that even remotely resembles a shed. It's literally just a, it was like a four foot tall bush with the tiniest like pencil lead sized twigs and I'm like this is this can't be where we're talking about like we all looked at we all looked at it and you even said when I left you looked at it again and you thought it was it looked more like a shed than when we had first seen it yeah when the sun hit it right I think one of those or two of those twigs like didn't have bark and it glowed and it was kind of the right shape 
But then when the sun went away, it was, like, gone. And I think what was happening was, like, it was a twig on the backside of the bush. So when you were looking at it from that distance, I think what you, your brain was, like, saying, oh, that's on the ground 20 yards behind yeah, the bush. Yeah, for and sure. And so it looks like, oh, that's shed size. But really, it's closer. And then it's, like, it's actually a twig. Kind of like when you yeah. see a mosquito flying in front of you when you're duck hunting. And you're like, oh, hey, there's some ducks. And you're like, yeah. oh, wait, no, no, no I, that's a mosquito. <laughs> I totally understand that. What... What level of certainty did you guys have about your shed or what you saw? Oh, I was like 99% sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to fall into that one too. Yeah. yeah. When you sent it to me, I was like, oh, sweet. At least we got one shed. Yeah, for that, sure. For like, sure. we might have to. We definitely have one. Yeah. And then I get over to it and you're like, dude, it's right. Just look to your right. I'm like, I already looked to my right. Like, there's nothing to my right. And you're like, just walk to your right a little bit. Now walk back to your left. All right, I think it's either right in front of you. Nope, it's right behind you. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing that looks like a shed at all. Yeah, you just grabbed it and wiggled the whole bush, and I was like, yep, that's it. That was it. That is the shed bush. So that was a bummer. So day one was just kind of, I mean, it wasn't a buzzkill because I was like, dude, we are in elk sign, heavy elk sign. I mean, I wasn't necessarily bumping elk the entire day, but I was getting so close to them that their pee was still wet in their beds and it was just potent i mean you walk around a point and you just smell elk everywhere yeah i mean i almost i could have jumped on a bull off a cliff i mean i looked right down and there he was bedded yeah so it's like we were in the right spot as far as elk activity goes we just were really struggling to find anything so we kind of wrap that hunt up we go back we meet up with another guy who was like a friend of a friend of Steven's. And we get there, and he's all like, oh, yeah, check out what I found. Like, just came to camp, drove down the road, and it was sitting right there off the road. Yeah. And it was this nice brown. And yeah. we're like, dude, we put on so many miles on foot, and he just drove his little pink side-by-side. And picked up a shed. Are you kidding me? To be fair, it was a little brown, like a raghorn brown. Yeah, it wasn't a monster, but yeah. it was still a brown. Yeah, like, we didn't have anything Better brown. than anything I found that day. So, that wraps up day one. We're like, all right, we're going to get camp set up now. We're hanging out in camp. Uh, you know, hit the hay. Wake up. Oh, I got I to gotta mention this, because this was pretty fun. We get to Steven's house, and we're all about to go to bed. And he's like... Man, y'all can wake up whenever you want. <laughs> He's like, I'll probably wake up at 5 and plan on leaving by 6.15. And Brian's like, <laughs> that yeah, that really doesn't sound like we can <laughs> wake up whenever we want. Like, All right, so we need to wake up before 5.30 probably and get ready to go. He's um, just the jolliest, <laughs> nicest guy you'll ever meet. Yeah, he, he had really the nicest is. way of saying, be ready to leave by 6.15. Yeah. You can do whatever you want until 6.15, <laughs> but then we're leaving. <laughs> then we're leaving. And uh, so so that wraps up day one. Day two, I mean, the whole time he's very optimistic because he's showing us pins on his map. Yeah. And he has found so many sheds in this area. Dude, Big I'm brown sets, hard you. whites. Dude, I'm telling you, dude. He just, every, like, at every turn, he's like, man, I'm sorry, guys. And we're all having the time of our lives. We're hiking around in the mountains looking for sheds. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say it would have been an amazing trip had we found nothing, but we knew we were going to find something. Yeah. And 
there are still animals they're unpredictable like he could have found a hundred sheds in that same valley in years past but if they just went up and over the mesa which they could do in like 45 seconds then they shed on the other side well we're never going to see them yeah and in in the oh backing up again the kind of in the same context of not telling the camera guy any details about this trip we wake up at steven's house the next morning and it's cold like probably below <laughs> freezing and chris is like well, I before we even got that but well, Dude, the night before i'm standing outside you guys are all like hanging out talking and i'm like freezing to death outside and i was like this guy's in a t-shirt <laughs> well no you saw you saw brian's sleeping bag and his sleeping bag is the size of my wall tent oh, bag right right and you're right, like yeah. dude what is that and he's like that's my sleeping bag and Chris is like, that's your sleeping bag? Dude, how cold is it going to be? And then I send them those you, pictures. And, I'm like, this is what shed hunting pictures kind of look like. And they're all from, like, blizzards in North Dakota. And he's like, wait a second. Is it going to be snowing? Like, you brought a zero-degree sleeping bag, and now you're showing me all these pictures of snow. Dude, he, that. And then he wakes up in the morning. The look freezing. of panic on his face multiple times this trip where it's just like, dude, Am I not prepared for this at all? Like, we have a full truck bed of stuff, and I didn't bring the right stuff. So he goes, in the softest way, like, hey, Steven, do you, like, have, like, a blanket or something? <laughs> and he's like... Well, you, you pointed out, like, this, like, storage room full of, like, camping and, and yeah. uh, hiking gear. Chris and is they're, basically like, spilling out of there. And I'm like, standing sure on the of landing of his staircase that has literally five sleeping bags, <laughs> all kinds of backcountry blankets. And Chris goes, do you by chance have an extra like blanket or maybe even like a sleeping bag? And he's like, oh, do just grab one of these and he throws one in and saved his I'd, I'd say that saved your trip, right, Chris? I mean, I didn't use it to the last night, but knowing it was there was the bigger piece but that last night was cold so it definitely i was definitely, definitely glad time. that i had it because i could i woke up when it would slide off a couple times and uh it made a difference all right guys i'm excited to introduce the new age of accessing private property for hunting and fishing with infinite outdoors i joined the infinite outdoors crew on a duck hunt in colorado this fall and the experience was unmatched we were able to book the property right on their app get directions to the blind, and had the whole place to ourselves, all for a super reasonable price. Infinite Outdoors has developed a unique way to combine conservation, technology, and private land access all through their US-built app and website. By working closely with landowners and on-staff biologists, they aim to bring you the best parts of accessing private land at the touch of a finger. They provide adventures for big game, turkeys, waterfowl, fly fishing, upland birds, small game, predators, and more. As yearly leases get more expensive and secluded public land gets harder to find, I believe this is the way of the future. To check it out for yourself, download the Infinite Outdoors app or visit infiniteoutdoorsusa.com and use code NOMADIC15 for 15% off your annual membership of $39.99. So, so we sleep the first night, we wake up the next morning, same thing, like, hey, let's wake up early, let's get out. And, like, the food was great all week. I mean, we were having burritos, we were having pulled pork, burnt ends, uh, pancakes. We wake up, Brian makes breakfast, we all eat breakfast, we hit the road. 
and we drive over to this mesa and he's like hey i think this would be beneficial to just you know look around look around here look around this top quite a bit and didn't really find much i think didn't did he find a hard white no, over he found on that, that big brown. Oh, that's the day he found the big brown. That's right. Yeah, he dropped me and Grizz off and is like, hey, you guys should walk this bench around. I'm like, all right, I can do, I can walk a bench. Well, that bench turned into, like, cliffed out rocks. And I learned real fast that yellow labs don't go down boulders very easy. Yeah. I had to, like, pick him up and drop him off a ledge. And then I had to figure out how I was going to get to the next spot. And if then if I could get him to come off of it. I mean, it was a whole, it was a rodeo getting off that mountain with the dog. I mean, for context, for people who know elk and how they move through, like, tough terrain, these elk weren't coming up and over the top all over the place. No. They were picking very specific drainages and paths yeah. to get through. Like, there's spots that are impassable for, for oh, elk, for sure. There's tons of, like, one 20-foot boulder cliff. Like, the one rock. Like, there's no way you're getting up or down it yep. without dying. Yeah, so, I mean, you might go 200 yards around the rim before, you, before get. you get to a spot where you can go up or down. And so we worked that pretty heavily. You know, he found that shed, and then we kind of go, okay, we're going to meet up because there's just not much not much over here. Or nothing worth sticking around for. Definitely not as much sign as we had been seeing. And we move over to a new spot. Well, no, did we go? We went to lunch before that, right? Well, before that, we lost the camera guy. We all met up. We tried to find match up Stevens Brown. We worked around the limb. I didn't realize. So apparently, Chris got sick of walking behind your farts because <laughs> he's like, "I'm gonna go walk behind Steven for a while and get some no, no, content." No, 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 no. So we went. We went back for lunch before that. No, we didn't. We. It was still when we we're trying to match up Stevens Brown. And so he went down with Steven, and then he came up with me, and then we were, you and I were walking around in that big open flat. And oh, yeah. I didn't realize that Chris didn't have a radio, and so I just go. I'm not used to having the camera guy with me, so it's just me and the dog. We take off. Chris is kind of over there. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, I haven't seen Chris in 20 minutes. He's doing his own thing. He probably went back up to find Steven or something. So I get back to the truck. Steven picks me up. I'm like, hey, have you seen Chris? He's like, I thought Chris was with you. And I'm like, I thought he was with you. So I, my radio had died. I had Chris's radio because we had been together earlier in the day. Yeah. So I get a call from Steven on the radio. No. On the phone. That's right. He calls I you on lost, the phone. I lost the radio that I got from Chris. Yeah. And he calls me on the phone and he's like, hey, man, this is where we're at. He's like, uh, have you seen Chris? And I'm going, dude, like... You guys had Chris. What do you mean have I seen Chris? I mean, you guys make it sound like I'm some lost puppy or something, like wandering around, like crying for my mom with my thumb <laughs> sucking on my thumb somewhere. That, that's not the intent at all, but it was just confusion on all of our parts. Like we each, Because I think everybody thought you were, like, with the other person. like hunting near somebody else. And oh, I didn't think fine. anything of it because I'm like, well, he's got a radio. Like, what's the worst that can happen? No, Dan has the radio that Chris had. Yeah. In, well, Dan had the radio that Chris had. So, and so luckily... You weren't too far behind, and we got you on a road. The yeah. first two days, we had, like, great cell service everywhere we went. Yeah. And so, anyways, we called Chris. He was, he was, like, right pretty well near us. And we meet up. We go back for lunch, find out that these other guys that had showed up at camp, they had found a match set, a brown match set, 
A big hard white. A big hard white. A couple and, small deer sheds. And we're talking like a, what, two and a half inch spike mule deer? Yeah, it was, it was the match set to my South Dakota two yeah. spiker. Just this tiny little spike. So anyways, we eat lunch and we head back out. And we're like, all right, let's go check this area out. Or Steven was like, let's go check this area out. It's pretty good. We're not going to drop in yet. We'll just take a look, make sure nobody else is around here. And we find boot tracks fairly quickly. Yeah. And so we're like, whatever. We're going we're gonna to look around for a little bit. You and I kind of get to the end. It's like, all right, this ledge or this bench that we're on kind of narrows. We either have to go down or up. Steven's like, why don't you guys like head up? over the top and we'll look so we start going over the top and he's like hey never mind there's already boot tracks somebody's been here shed hunting yeah those guys from camp probably hit it and then found shed somewhere and then said yeah not good enough too many boot tracks we're gonna go 300 miles oh they bounced out so fast yeah like they came back having found more and better sheds than we had in like a day and a half in one morning and then they were like yeah not good enough We'll see you guys. Yeah, they set up their wall tent, slept in it, and tore it down immediately. Yeah, you know, I, I think like, they got some information from somebody that made it sound like they were getting ready to go on the holy grail of, of uh, elk could, hunting. I wonder they if they had, like, go. a cell cam out somewhere and realized that a big bull that they'd been watching had just, like, he walked through without antlers on. Because they just took something. off so fast that it well, just didn't seem like it made sense. I, I, mean, I know they saw some boot tracks, but, I mean, they were, like, out that, of there. That hurt. guy won a shed trip with... Wes MacArthur from Rise and Shed a couple weeks earlier and found 10 sheds with Wes and Wes found like two and his Wes's buddy found one. So I'm really curious if he's like, oh, let's just go back exactly where Wes brought me and like hit the same spot because I found sheds there. I mean, I, I could see somebody doing that, but also that guy preached quite a bit the night before. Like I would never go back somewhere that somebody invited me to without them. But everybody says that, right? Well, or just like one canyon over from it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like maybe not go to the X, but go to the general area. So anyways, they left. We went back out and we were looking up on top of that uh, mesa. And it was like, all right, we're going to head back towards the truck. We get fairly close. And I was like, man, I just kind of want to look down here. Uh, I had smelled bulls or I had smelled elk. And then I heard a bunch take off. And Steven came across their bed. So we're like, okay, they, they've been hanging out up here. We might as well just look around a little bit, and then we'll go back to the truck. And we're looking for, what, 40 minutes maybe? Well, you guys called me. I was already at the truck. And you're like, hey, you might want to come over here and, like, help us grid this. Because there was, like, a, it looks like a small batch of the group of bulls are in here. And so I'm like, all right, I'll just run over without my pack and check it out quick. Because Steven was like, we should go hit someplace else. Yeah. And at the last second, I'm like, you know what? never leave your pack and yeah, even at never. the truck like never leave your pack no nope. and like the way that day ended up dude it is a really good thing you didn't leave your pack i grab my pack i give grizz a little bit more water and we take off meet up with you guys in the bull beds and then we kind of fan out and i took the rim i was my job was to go and like scan probably the 50 to 75 yards closest to the rim peek over see if there's a bench below that we could possibly drop down to because these bulls they like to drop down into these like choked out benches with a cliff above them cliff below them and they just kind of have a carefree life on those things yeah. i mean they don't have to really worry about predators they've got great cover typically there's there's shade on a lot of these and and so i'm like walking around looking and i get a i get a call from steven 
And he's like, hey, you might as well just head back over this way and we'll go hit a new area. And, or no, it was a text. And so I read the text and I took one more step and then I was going to cut to my left to head back to the truck. And I just happened to glance over to the right and there's a brown plain as day just sticking up. If I had if I had looked over there a second earlier or a second later, I probably would have never seen it. Well, and that's like shed hunting. Like I bet you, I bet we all walk by so many. I don't. You, let's just not think about. You that, look dude. left and take a step, and that mega brown is on the right. Oh my gosh, man! It does. It it like almost makes you sick to think about how many you missed by by one degree on yeah. your glance or one second. And so, anyways, I I call Steven right away. I'm like, hey, hey, man, uh, let's postpone your plans, dude. I just found a brown, and he's super pumped. I'm super pumped. Go over there, pick it up. It's a brown five, not like a giant brown five by any means, but it's it's a brown shed. Like this yep. is what I came out here for is a brown elk shed. And so, we kind of fan out, look around for a little bit. He drops down to the ledge below me, and then we're like, all right, what do we do? do we want to just head back to the truck? We didn't find the match set. We didn't find anything else. Maybe we just head back to the truck. And then he's like, you know what? Why don't on the way back to the truck, we just fan out on the other side of the dirt road. Cause the cliff and the road kind of met up yep. and choked out the ledge that, or choked out the Mesa right there. So he's like, let's just look on our way back. And on the way back to the truck, there was just sign everywhere and sign dropping down onto the next shelves. So it was like, no, we're going and doing this. Like, we're going to follow the elk sign and yep. look around. Yeah. And I would say that was probably the heaviest, most tore up elk sign that we've seen, that we had seen the whole trip. Yeah, I mean, it's right up there. That was some of the best stuff for sure that we saw. And, you know, you got, I was going to go left. You guys were working right. And then you guys called me back, hey, dude, you should come this way. And I had already cut like two sets of boot tracks. So I was easy to convince. Yeah. I drop in with you. And then, it, like, as I'm dropping in, then you guys start chattering on the radios. Well, he dropped down two levels. I dropped down one level. He went right. I went left. I thought we were both going left and that you were going left up on top. And so I get over, I mean, I'm several hundred yards down. And I'm seeing decent sign, not like crazy heavy, but enough to keep me interested. And then he comes over the radio, boys, I got a brown. And I'm like, no way. No, actually, I think I was on the phone with him at that point. And yeah. I was talking to him on the phone. And he's like, Dan, I think you need to head this way. It is so thick. I'm telling you. And I'm like, dude, all right, like I'll head that way. And as I'm on the phone with him, I just hear, brown, brown, I got a brown. Dan, this might be the match set. And I'm thinking, no way, dude. Like, we walked for, it, it's been an hour and a half to two hours since we picked up mine. We've been walking all over. And it seemed just by our route that we were a long way away from it. So I started heading his way. I go to drop down to the next ledge. And I plant my hand on this chunk of rock and I step down and as I get my feet on the ground I feel this thing break loose and it was like 300 pounds of rock that fell right where my leg was and I picked my leg up I mean I'm not saying like it grazed my leg or anything but it it don't it missed me by like four inches and that would have probably ended my shed hunting trip had and I got my foot out of the way and ours and yours. No, so, we would have still gone. You guys, I would have just hung out at the hospital for a little while. Hospital? You would have hung out at the tent until we were done. <laughs> so, 
So, so I walk like, dude, 15, 15 yards from that point, And I find my biggest shed of the trip, a hard white with a busted off two right there. And I'm like, dude, no way. I found a brown. I found a hard white. And he might have the match to mine. So we all meet up over with Steven. And sure enough, man, it is the match to my brown. Yeah. I couldn't believe. I really was in disbelief. I was like, there's no way. Like, the odds of just stumbling across this thing compared to where it was, the other one was. And then we found, we discovered Stephen did a line distance. Like, as the crow flies from shed to shed, it was 470, was Yeah, it? 470. 470, but, like, I'd say 250 feet lower. Oh, for sure, yeah. It was, it was like, the, the type of landscape that we were on, it made it feel like it was a whole different area. Like, yeah. that's these elk and those are those elk. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we, we looked around a bunch, and I don't think we found anything else that day. No, I mean, I had, like, a mile and a half out of Great Sign, and then I hopped up a level and came a mile and a half back in Great Sign. Like, plenty good sign to, to find a shed, and I didn't find one day two either. So I was kind of like, huh, wonder what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> so what's funny is... Stephen had prayed that the first morning, right? Yeah. Like, he's Lord, a preacher. He's a preacher. Yeah. He goes, Lord, just bless, you know, whatever the prayer was, it was basically like, bless us with some sheds, help us to be safe. A few. A few sheds, help us to be That's safe. That's a key word there. And he found the most sheds we found a few. out of anybody on day one. I pray the second day, same type of deal. I find the most sheds out of anybody day two. Day three comes. Stephen goes and Stephen goes Brian you might want to pray who's praying today so Brian prays I do the team prayer and immediately like I mean we don't drop off the mountain also we drove about what an hour and a half well that was in between day two and day three we had a fiasco in the tent oh dude yeah we cannot overlook this at all we <laughs> we're about to go to bed right we make dinner we're about to go to bed. I asked Brian for a nasal strip because he's got like a <laughs> nasal strip. And I'm like, dude, I wonder how that works. I've never used anything like that when I'm sleeping. Yeah, so I've like got dude, this it thing. It works great. You it opens up my airway. You, yeah. you can sleep with your mouth closed. You quit snoring. You don't wake up as much. We're, we're camped in sand and dust, yeah. right? I mean, like it's covering everything. Yeah. And so I'm thinking like, dude, my nose is stuffed. I'd like to have more, like better breathing. And so I was like, I put it on. I'm like, oh, this is great. We all lay down, about to go to bed, and Grizz... We just need to reenact this. Like, we need to reenact the 2.30. Like, Chris needs to reenact what he said. Oh, we will. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. Before the 2.30, I'm laying there, and Grizz's bed is right behind my head. It really, like, underneath your head. Yeah, and I just hear... But it's like a smack and dude, at the end. he it's is... Like... Yeah. <laughs> and he is just licking, and I'm like, all right, whatever. He's, like, cleaning his paws off. He's going to be done. <laughs> and every, like, minute, it would, like, I would hear it. It sounded like it was coming to an end, so I'm like, all right, whatever. Dude, for 45 minutes, that freaking dog sat there and licked, and it sounded like he was doing a full 360 in his bed after each lick. And I'm just like, I've had enough of this. Finally, I fall asleep. 
Well, Grizz is hurting by this point. He's had oh, two yeah. full days of shed on, and his paws are sore. I've pulled a couple cactuses out of his paws. And I'm, I already knew at this point I'm not shed hunting him the next day because he's sore, tired. It's been a lot. He's not built for southwest United States, hot, dry climate. Yeah. So. So we go to bed. I finally fall asleep. And then the next thing I know, I'm waking up. That's where Chris takes over. This is where Chris just takes over everything. This is where I take over. Yeah, but what yeah. did you? What did you like? What did you say to me? What? Well, no. What happened in the middle of the night? Yeah. Like, what happened before okay. well, any of us on. were awake? Uh, let me back up just a little bit to give a little bit more context to my thought process before <laughs> that happened. There were a couple of times that uh, Grizz was doing something or whatever, and I was like, "Man, I think uh, I think he might need some water or something." Earlier in the day, and Brian's like, "He's like, nah, dude. I just gave him like two liters of water. He's fine. He's fine." And I'm like, "Okay, all right, fine." And then, like, later that day, he was doing something, and I, I couldn't go with him on the, the second half of it. So I was going to stay back at the tent, and I was like, I was like, hey, man, Grizz can stay with me. Because I'm looking at him going, this dog's not doing good. Like, he's struggling. You're pulling cactuses out, like, like spine, whatever they are. He just had a whatever, couple. Yeah. Out of his feet. And I'm like, dude, his feet are bleeding. I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, nah, dude, he's fine. He's fine. He's going with me. And well, I'm you like, make right. it sound like he was, like, in terrible shape. Right, I, right. Well, I was just watching. I'm like, man, I just, he just doesn't seem like he's doing good. He's not, he's fine. He's fine. It's, it's, I say he's fine because we do a lot of shed hunting together. And it's like, he cuts his paws. He gets kind of beat up. He'll get, like, a little slow and moving. But I'm like, as long as we keep moving, he'll be fine throughout the rest of today. Like, I kind of know his pain threshold. And it's like, yeah, he'll cut his pot and it'll bleed for a little bit. But then he'll, like, it'll seal up and he'll be fine. But tonight, when he stops moving, then he'll be hurting. And then we'll be done. Yeah. Yeah, so then we get in the tent. Everybody's asleep. And I hear him getting up. (laughs) And I've already been told twice when I mentioned something about Grizz. No, he's fine. He's fine. So now Brian's dead asleep, and I'm like, man, I don't think Grizz is fine. Do I wake Brian up and him, you know, nah, he's fine. He's fine. Or do I say something? I'm not real sure, but he's going from the door to to Brian. You ran like right. Oh, yeah, he ran right into the tent flap. Like he was trying to get out, and I was like, man, I don't know what he's doing, but I don't think he's fine. So then I I look over at, at Brian, and he's like panting right by him. And then he walks back over towards the other, the, the door to the tent. And I was like, oh, Brian, I think. And then like, as I'm like getting the words out of my mouth, I can just smell this like horrendous, like, mm, nope, that's not a dog fart. That's, that's whole, that's it. And uh, so I was like, well, Brian, I don't, I think, I think uh, Grizz may need to go out. And he's like, oh, why? What do you think? And I was like, no, dude, he just shit in the, in the floor, <laughs> man. And then immediately, like, the smell hits everybody at the same time. Dude, and I hear, I hear just the last half of that. And mind you, these nasal strips work really well. And I'm breathing only through my nose all night long. And it just, like, just sucks right up into my nose. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Dude. <laughs> and Brian wakes up. He's like... Dude, why didn't you tell me sooner? <laughs> and he's like, well, like, as I'm contemplating this and trying to decide if I should wake you up to tell you, like, your dog might need something, it happens. <laughs> like, I'm in the middle of trying to wake you up, and he couldn't hold it. Well, it probably wasn't my best moment, but I'm coming <laughs> out. Like, I'm, like, you know when, like, you see, like, 
Top Gun, and they're about to crash, and they're just pulling up hard. Like, uh-huh. I was coming out of a sleep like that. Yeah. To Chris saying, dude, I think Grizz might need to go out. And I'm like, oh, what? Like, what do you mean? And he's like, he, should, he literally shit the tent. I'm like, <laughs> does he have to go out, or does he have to shit? I'm confused. I'm still asleep, yeah. really. And I was I, when I said that, I remember thinking, like, I was talking to Grizz. Yeah. Like, why didn't you wake me up? Oh, yeah. Like, because sometimes he'll, like, he'll, like, hit me. Like, wham. Oh, dude, wham. he lets you know what he wants. Like, when I when I would sit next to him, yeah. I mean, he's got his head fully on my leg. Like, dude, right now I want you to pay. Like, he's yeah. not a shy dog. He's going to tell you what he needs. Right. So I was talking, but Chris took it as, like, I'm pissed at Chris because <laughs> it's Chris's fault my dog shit in the bed. He's like, well, what do you, like, what do you want me to do? And, yeah, you're talking to Grizz. So then I'm laying there, and... <laughs> I'm trying to fall back asleep, but the smell is so potent. I mean, it. I'm glad I slept the direction I did that night because otherwise it would have been right next to my face. Yeah, I would have been cleaning up two messes. Oh, my god. And gosh. it's like we were – I'm very prepared for, a, like, basically elk camp. Yeah. But I did not bring, like, house cleaning dog mess stuff. To clean up your dog's crap off my floor much less in the middle of the night so i'm going through this checklist really fast like what do i have i gotta clean this up and i'm like okay i have wet wipes i have paper towels there's a garbage bag outside i'll make that work i mean was it liquid no that night no it it was was pretty solid with a little liquid on top okay so you i was like i don't know that doesn't look like it's getting better yeah like it looks like it's getting worse um and so I clean it up, paper towel, first pass, wipe, like, wet wipes really hard. Luckily, your tent had, like, a very coated um, canvas, like, very waterproof coating. So I don't think, like, anything seeped up oh, yeah. and it all got off. It's brand new. Like, Not I anymore. mean, if it was three, <laughs> if it was, like, three or four year, like, seasons of use, yeah, it may have been a little bit harder. But, I mean, that coating is, like, it's like a bounce house. Yeah. And so, yeah. You might want to recoat that. Yeah, good way to describe it. So we get it cleaned up, and I'm like, all right. He had a long day. He kind of didn't really eat and drink normal on the way home. They're, like, at that camp that night, but, you know, we fixed it. Like, he went to bed right away. Usually he goes out and goes number two before bed, but he crashed right away when we got home. So I'm like, ah, oh, he'll probably be fine. He didn't eat that much food today. He'll probably just sleep the whole night. That's what he usually does when we have, like, a long hunt. He just sleeps the whole day. So I'm like, all right, go back to bed. Things will be fine in the morning. Yeah. So we wake up. We have breakfast. I'm like, I don't know if I should feed him or not. Like, his stomach still might be a little messed up. And so I don't feed him much. I give him some water, but I know I'm not shed hunting him. The problem is all four of us are going an hour away from camp to shed hunt this day. And so I can't leave him in the tent because he will need to go to the bathroom. Well, and with no airflow. No airflow. In it by like we're gonna shed on for eight hours and then we're gonna have like a couple hours at least of travel time and that's if things go well like that's a long time for him to be in the tent and I can't leave the door open because he's kind of a roamer like we're he could get lost or, and we're in lion country yeah I mean like pretty like I found lion tracks the first day I only saw him once but yeah like that, we're definitely in lion country that's an issue too um, and so I'm like okay here's the plan I'm gonna let him out. We're going to get in the truck, drive an hour. I'm going to let him out again, give him a little bit of water, and then I'm going to roll down all the windows in the truck and just put him in the truck. He'll, he should sleep the whole day. It should be fine. We'll get back after, like, eight hours of shed hunting. He does that every single day at home. Like, eight hours is nothing for him. It'll all work out. Then I'll let him out. We'll go home, let him out of the tent again. Like, that was the plan. 
I've done it a hundred times. Yeah. Well, we shed hunt the whole day. And in the back of my mind, I'm just like, I have that worried feeling. You're just thinking about him. Like, what if he's not fine? Like, what if he is sick? You know, we don't have a good plan. Like, I don't like this situation. I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) But we get into sheds. But we get into sheds. Right away. Yeah. So we start hunting. I do the team prayer. Dan flies his drone around a little bit. We drop on and we basically do like a pheasant line. Yep. Every 50 yards on this face. And we go like a couple hundred yards. And I'm looking at like how to get around. And I'm like, man, that looks kind of hard walking down, like lots of thick brush. Like I don't want to bust through that. And I'm like, oh, perfect. There's like this five foot like walking path between two massive boulders. Like it's almost like a national park trail. I'm like, yeah. I'll just buzz right up between those sure enough i come up over the little rise and there's a big six point kind of hard white it's like bottom sides brown top sides chalk i don't know what to call that yeah um i mean for the most part it was hard white obviously it still had its color it's cracked underneath a couple cracks but brown on the bottom yeah and so i'm just stoked i'm like dude found a first shed right off the bat great first like first shed was it's a great size shed for a first shed Happened fast. I do all the filming and stuff. Dan peeks over the rock and is like, dude, that's a wild spot. It, it was a pretty crazy spot, man. That would have been a great spot to find a match set where yeah. he just like, because you could sides. tell, dude, that that's was probably bed. a spot where he would just hang out there and pass out. He's got an easy exit. He has no threat from two sides, like yeah. no chance of something coming after him. Yeah, that's the kind of spot where like he would know you're walking up behind him. Like he can smell a hunter and he still doesn't move because it's such a good spot. Yeah, like he's going to walk right past and never see me. So I put that on my pack. I'm like, finally got one on my pack. I'm a real shed hunter now. And I walk probably another 200 yards and I glass up. And at this point, I'm like a little bit out. and fr- Like everyone kind of like hits their easy path and they get out ahead and then they hit a thick patch and they slow up. And so everyone's kind of moving out ahead and coming back. And, and I you're glass- working slowly into my lane well the yeah, this whole time because the draw is slowly gaining elevation so yeah. i have to like gain elevation to stay out of the draw because steven's in the draw and so everyone's got to start working their way up so i'm i keep bumping into dan and being like dan you got to keep moving uphill like we're getting forced up yeah and so dan will be like all right i'll bump uphill but it's, it's tough because like we're walking on elk trails yeah. like chris and i we're on elk trails at this elevation and so then it's like you would come up and i'm like well now I got to go up and find a new elk trail. Yeah. And when you found that second one, you're like, dude, Dan, I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure I just found one right on your line. I and I like walk forward and it's literally right in front of me. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So, but to be fair, I was walking the literal rim of like how low yeah. I could get. No, for sure. I falling. I a hundred percent. And I look up it. and there's a chalk white, like in this little beautiful opening from like 50 yards away. I glass it. And I'm like, dude, Dan, you're going to be pissed, but there's a big like chalker. Yeah, right on your line, and he's like, "Why are you looking on my land?" And I'm like, "Well, I didn't see any posted signs. I don't know." <laughs> so we picked that one up. It was like it would have been a good shed. It was a it had a big frame, but it was pretty chalked up. Oh yeah, definitely old. And then we keep going. Another like you find a second one, two hundred yards. Yep. And I'm like, dude, no way, another another hard white. It was in the boulders again, and and you're like, dude, Brian, I hate to tell you this, but I. 
literally just saw that and me and Chris were already working in on it. Like he's got the camera out and everything. And I'm like, oh, bullshit. Like I'm thinking yeah. like, no, you didn't. And then I look up and you're literally standing on the rock above it. And I'm like, uh-oh, he probably did see that. <laughs> and then immediately, you, like you could have pulled that off. I would have been like, oh, yeah. oh, shoot. But he's like, no, just kidding. I'm just screwing with I'm you. I'm just messing with you. But it turns out to be the match to my other one. They both had like big devil tines right, bu- up, right above their front. Yep. Um, that one was a little bit worse shape. He had more sunlight. Yeah, it was, I mean... But by this point, that one was also kind of on your line. Yep. Because I keep coming uphill. And then I find I found a super nasty chalk pink Yeah. on that line. Overcooked salmon. Uh, Steven is, I think he, at that point he had found two muleys, didn't he? Yeah, Steven he had was found two way, muleys. He was working the bottom, and the canyon obviously, like, as it goes up, gets wider yeah. and deeper. And so, like, he's way around the bend he really has a way of, of going like you guys should do this i'll go here and then all of a sudden he's gone it just gone this guy like is a miles goat. Gone. yeah <laughs> like way way gone and so i mean he's found a couple you found a handful i've found one and i'm like dude we're having a kill like we we're found more sheds yeah. in the first mile than we found in the last two days yeah i mean i'm at like I'm averaging the first, like, well, it's not an average. Like, the first mile, I'm at three elk sheds and a four-point deer shed. I'm like, this is wicked. Like, even yeah. in the whitetail woods, you don't average four sheds a mile. So I'm, like, trying to gain elevation still, and the top looked incredible. But also, we haven't been finding anything on the top flats, really. And I'm like, dude, I got to take a dump. Chris has dude wipes. I've got, or he's got dude wipes and toilet paper with him. And a so, camera. So I got to take a dump. Well, the day before, I was not prepared. I went out, and I was by myself, didn't have a working radio at that point, and I had to go so bad. And Chris had followed you guys, and so I'm like, dude, I knew he had toilet paper, and we were hunting together, and I didn't think to, like, take some from him. So I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know what to use. And in, I, in my mind, I'm like, in my bino case, I think I've got a lens cloth. <laughs> and I pull it out, and luckily, it's like an 8 by 14 Vortex lens cloth that, I, that came with, like, my spotting scope, I think. And I'm like, this is the best paper ever. Like, this is going to be great. I can it's get felt. multiple wipes out of this. It's yeah. soft. And so, anyways, I had to sacrifice my really nice lens cloth for the greater good. So, Vortex is listening. Dan needs a new lens cloth. Yeah, I'm going to need maybe a couple of those things. (laughs) Multi-purpose. So, anyways, I have to go to the bathroom. I go use the bathroom. And I immediately knew. I'm like, dude, Chris is following me around with the camera. And he knows I'm going to the bathroom. And so, I'm looking back. I'm like, man, I can kind of still see him. But I'm looking for a tree to hold on to as I lean back. And sure enough... It was, like, way later that day. He's like, hey, check this out. And he's just got a picture of me with my pants at my ankles. I'm like, dude, well, that's not going to make it in the YouTube video. Oh, we can put it on your OnlyFans. All right, guys, if you've been listening to the podcast, I'm sure you've heard me talk about the helicopter hog hunt that I did down in Texas. Now I went down there with Rogue Texan Outfitters and Landon and Brandon, the owners, put us on the animals. We killed 150 pigs and 19 coyotes just from the air. On top of that, we went out thermal hunting at night and got up close and personal to more hogs. I didn't have to worry about bringing guns or ammunition because all of that was provided for me, and it is to this day the most action-packed day of hunting I've ever had. I stand by what I've said in the past, and that's that helicopter hog hunting is the funnest thing that you can do with pants on. 
In addition, they offer sandhill crane hunts and predator calling. So if you're looking for the most exciting hunt of your life and something that you're going to want to come back and do year after year, go check out roguetexan.com and book your hunt today. Yeah. <laughs> But we, we make a stash pile, which felt great to be like, hey, we don't want to carry these all day long. Let's make a stash pile, and we'll come back and get it. Well, like two hours in, like it's still morning, and we made a stash pile in a great spot, like 100 yards from a road. Yeah. And then we're like, dude, we're going to pile them up today. It felt so good. It was like, dude, we are in the spot. We're going to get into Browns at any moment. Let's keep cruising. And then it was just dead i found one little deer shed after that pile i think steven was like slowly picking up like a chalk here and a chalk there we get all the way around this canyon like we are a long ways from the truck already and it's a steep down and up it looks steep down and up wait before that before we like fully split you and like me you and chris were all pretty close together and you had something following you I just heard something. I mean, it, oh. I, it heard, I thought it was Chris walking behind me. But, but we were, like, way at the back of the canyon at yeah. that point. I was like, you know, let's see what happens. Yeah. Roll the dice. So you never found out what it was? Mm-mm. Hmm. Nope. So then we go. We get a long ways back. You guys are kind of doing your own thing up high. I find I just happened to stumble into Steven. We kind of hit an area, mediocre sign, like middle ground, like nothing to brag or write home about. But we're already a ways from the truck. Yeah. And Steven's like, you know what we ought to do? We should go down this all the way, hit this open valley, and then circle back. And on the back side of that, when we get way out here, it's like a steep, steep scrub oak face that we, there's all kinds of trails. And we, I, I'm telling y'all, we found <laughs> sheds there. And, and so we're like, all right, fine, we'll do that. And so we get all the way out there. We meet up with you guys. This valley looks like there should be 50 mule deer sheds in it. We don't find a single one. So let me back up just a little bit before we meet up with you. Chris and I are walking, and, like, it's it's some of these ledges are almost impossible to pick any path on. Like, they'll just choke out into a constant boulder field all the way down. So Chris and I are walking, and I'm just like, dude, there is not much sign here at all. Like, we've seen way more sign every other spot we've been and I begin to say, dude, I just don't even know where to look. And I go, I just don't even. And I look down <laughs> and there's just another trashed pink right in front of me. And I'm like, well, at least it's something, right? And then we go up to the top. We get to the point. We figure out where you guys are at. And we kind of make a plan of where we're all going to meet up in like an hour or two. And... And Chris and I sat down to have like a candy bar or grab a snack or whatever. Yeah, he's there's sitting, a nice big rock to sit on. <laughs> he's sitting on a rock. I'm sitting on a rock. We're just talking. And we finally get done. I mean, we're there for what, 10 minutes probably? Yeah. Just hanging out, rehydrating. And we both stand up and Chris's phone rings. He's like, he answers it. He's like, oh, hey, man. Like, look at that. I've got cell service. And he looks three feet behind the rock that he's been sitting on for 10 minutes and while still on the phone just looks at me and goes oh hey and points and here's a shed literally right behind the rock that he's yeah. been sitting on and we have no idea what it is at this point i mean it's tiny it's buried we find six inches of open antler 
and it's just a Y. Like it's it's the convergent point of a fork. And I'm like, dude, I don't know if this is a mule deer. I don't know if it's an elk. I don't know if this is low on the antler or high on the antler. Like this could be big, but the whole thing was completely buried. Right. Except for like this a chalky be- gray. And I'm like, I don't know what we're getting into. This could be a fork or this could be like the seventh in a whale tail. Exactly. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm antsy at this point. Chris is just hanging out on the phone talking. <laughs> and I'm like, I need to get video of this. I need to get pictures of this. I'm not pulling this out because well, it's is Chris's shed. First shed ever. It's his first shed. And so I'm like. Yeah, I mean, most of the time I'm, I'm following Dan where, I mean, it's like chances are if there's going to be one, he's going to see it. You yeah. know, and so like little eagle eye Dan over here scouring everything. It's like I mean I I'm looking at the same time, but I mean I'm I'm looking like as a second look to everything that you're yeah. seeing. So if I'm gonna find one, it's gonna be hidden behind the rock that I'm sitting on. <laughs> <laughs> so Where Dan I'm, cannot see. I'm just like dude, like I'm taking pictures of the rock and the shed right behind it, and you can't. It's such a small portion of shed, you can't even really tell what it is, and. So I'm waiting and waiting and waiting, and Chris gets off the phone, and it was just a couple-minute phone call, but I'm just like, dude, I want to know what this is. Like, he's got to straight-up go excavating. Like, you're digging for dinosaur bones to get this thing out. And and then you walk over, and get we get some video, and then you start digging. And I'm like, oh, sweet. So it's definitely an elk shed, like the way that the beam was coming down. And I'm thinking, dude, this could be the top to a monster. And it's buried, but I'm talking, like, an inch or so under, like, pine needles and some, like, decayed stuff. So, we're, like, it's dirt. And he's, he's like, s- still digging, brushing stuff away. And then he starts to well, pull. Well, I didn't know how brittle it was because yeah. you couldn't tell. So, I was like, man, I don't want to just, like, grab it, pull it out, and then, like, bust it off. And it'd be, like, the top of, like, a really big one or something, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, I felt the same way. I'm like, no, don't pull it out yet. And then I see it start to wiggle. I'm like, okay, so it's not a monster. And he pulls it out, and it is just like, what would you say, 14 inches long? Like a 14-inch long little four-point. And I'm like, yeah, you found your first shed. (laughs) And it's still brown on bottom. It's brown because of the dirt. It's brown because of the dirt, but it's not like all cracked and stuff underneath that part. It's like it's, it actually kind of preserved it being in the ground like that. Yeah, it's it obviously no reflection on Chris's hunting ability, but it is the smallest four-point elk antler I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, like I've seen bigger spikes, like yeah, spikes you would that think would score higher with the, one point. Exactly. You would think the length of this, there's no way it belonged to. Like it should have been a spike that year. Yeah. It just gave me the assurance that I didn't miss as many elk sheds <laughs> as, as think. I think because, I mean, if I can spot that little spike, I mean, you know I didn't walk over or trip over any others. Yeah. I mean, it was it was very small. So we end up meeting up with you guys. We're kind of comparing who's got what, what, what we've found so far. And then we start kind of making our way through the scrub oak. And Chris... He was on, he was like lower on my level, but the way the scrub, like you just have to go where it sends you. You don't, you don't have a choice. It's like, you might have like, I can go high, I can go low, but typically you're going to stay on the path that has the most tracks. And Chris, I was like, oh dude, I haven't seen him in a little while. I wonder where he is. And I'm talking, Oh yeah. I don't know if on your level. We were split up, tried to go like 50 yards and just kind of fan out a little bit. Well, in 
And I looked at one point, and Brian's basically gone. I mean, I'm, like, rounding a point, and you're hundreds of yards ahead of me already. And I don't know if your path was this bad, but, dude, we were in a mud slide. Like, the first half of that phase. Oh, well, we got into a quick rainstorm. We hit under a rock. Yeah. Not much of a storm. We thought it was going to be bad. It got windy. It could. It looked like it was going to about to get western. And uh, it wasn't enough to soak a shirt. No. I mean, like it was hard. But it anything. sure soaked that face because, like, anytime Dude. you had to, it was like it was like straight up and straight down. Even when the trail would go up and down, and then yeah. you try to step on it, you would just slide. Yeah. So, Chris and I were on a different level. Stevens way ahead. Well, yeah, Steven goes like way ahead. I'll work the top, and then he disappears again. Yeah, <laughs> just go, like I'm gonna work the top. Hey, where are you guys at? I'm on the other side of the truck, five miles away. Like he's just gone that quick. I look and I see you just round this corner, hundreds of yards ahead of me, and I'm like, all right, well, me and Chris are just kind of working this, and I'm I'm trying to scan everything. Like I'm kind of zigzagging up and down wherever the trails cross. And I'm, like, just trying to scan everything. But it's also tough terrain. And I, I like, yell at one point because Chris doesn't have a radio since we were together. And I yell at one well, point because I'm, like. died again. Oh, yeah. And I'm, like, I don't know where he is in comparison to me. He might be way ahead of me or way behind me. I just don't know. I haven't seen him. And so I yell. And I'm waiting for a response and I don't hear anything. So I call you. And you're, like, dude, this <laughs> sucks over here. He's, like. I, I made it almost all the way to the bottom. Like, I slid in this mud, and I'm like, I look Well, they over. have those washouts where it's like sagebrush or, or scrub oak, and then and then there'd be like a, just a drainage deal yeah. that you have to try to cross, you know, and there was one that was probably about six feet or so, and uh, and I, I just didn't make it all the way across before <laughs> I just sat down. <laughs> but he's like, dude, I'm all, I was almost at the bottom. I'm like... Dude, I'm like 150 feet above the bottom. And he's like, dude, that mud, man, it just kept put, like forcing me down. And then I slid. And I'm like, oh, dude, that sucks. Because I was sliding around, but I had a ton of scrub oak between me and the bottom. Like, there's no way I would make it. Yeah. I would just run into it. And I looked. I just kind of took a peek over this false edge. And the angle that you were hiking on was twice as steep is the angle I was hiking. I mean, I was just thinking about it. I was, out there, I was like, I've done some sketchy stuff in Colorado and a couple of 14ers and stuff. You get up there above the the uh, the timber line and it's like, it's real, you know, those scurry fields and stuff. And, and as I'm walking on this, I was like, dude, this is sketchy. I don't like this at all. I got to work my way back up. And, uh, and But I was afraid I was going to be on the level above you yeah. if I went too far up, you know, and I didn't want to get cliffed out if I went too far um but uh, but i was like i can't stay you know i can't stay here yeah you know and then i uh, finally got cell service once i got up above that i finally climbed up kind of a boulder uh face there that kind of had a little bit of a cra- uh, crack in the rock that i could work my way up and i was like dude i don't want to do that again yeah you i, I mean you ended up back on my same level yeah not that high up it sounded like you were high above me when you yelled but you were only like 20 feet above me and so we start cruising and we finally get to the point where I can hear you guys on the radio again. Like it was pretty choppy for a while when that point was in between us, but I hear you and Steven talking and Steven's finding, he found like basically back to back hard whites, like decent hard whites. Yeah. He found one up high and then he came down and was like trying to work his way out. And then he looked right down below him off a cliff and found a second one. So he's saying that he's telling us to work our way towards him and 
I'm walking and I start to tell Chris, like, did I, was I like halfway through the sentence again? Yeah. You where were. I was like, when you found that brown, the one, I leaning, was like, the one that was leaning, it looked like somebody placed it there for you. Yeah. I was like, dude, there's, I'm like, you're frustrated. Not, yeah. I was getting frustrated. I'm like, dude, there's not a lot of elk sign, but we could still find. And as I say that I take a step and there's like a log in front of me and I'm just coming over the smallest little mound and there is a five point, almost six point brown sitting on its pedicle leaned up against a rock, like basically behind its second and third. And a pair of Kennetrek boot tracks. <laughs> yeah, and a pair of <laughs> Kennetrek boot tracks that stopped right in front of it where they placed it for me. Now, I saw that and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So I hit the radio and Steven was like, do you, do you guys need help, like, gridding the area? Uh, I mean, it was probably only, what, 200, 300 yards between all three of those sheds, the two hard whites and the and the brown? Yeah, pretty much. And me and him are going back and forth. I'm like, dude, if we go, like, we're running out of time to get where you want to go, and you've got two here that we could match up, and they already got two guys over there, and it's a small spot over there. So I'm like, I feel like we should just try to match up yours, and they can match up theirs, and then we go... Because if we start backpedaling at this point, like, it's 5.30 already, and he wants to hit a completely different side of the mountain. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we're running out of daylight. We looked a bunch. I mean, it was kind of a one-way in, one-way out for a couple hundred yards on the ledge that we were on. Yeah. And so we're like, we're going to scan this really well. And then once the trail started, like, splitting and going up the mountain, down the mountain, there is no way to really tell where we should be looking. And so we started making our way over to you guys. And we meet up in the bottom, fairly uneventful, the rest of the day until, like, you guys you guys wanted to go past the truck and check the other side of the mesa opposite of where we had found all the ones that morning. Yep. And so you guys go there. We work the drainage until we basically get right below the truck, and then Chris and I go straight up. At that point, I thought I saw, like, big elk tracks, and then I start going up this trail and I found elk tracks that were four fingers wide, not splayed out. I mean, just like what an elk track would look like if it was just standing still with no stress on it at all. And it was six fingers wide with, I mean, it was huge. Yeah. It was and huge. so I was like, dude, I'm following this. Luckily, it was taking us back up towards the truck. And I'm following it for a couple hundred yards. And then Chris and I, like last minute, last, what, 70 yards? We decided to split around this boulder field. Uh-huh. And Chris made it up to the truck before I did. Yeah. So I come up and over <laughs> into this oil flat. And Chris... Well, they were already on top, and uh, Brian and Steven were already on top and, and over in another area. So I thought they were already at the truck. I thought that when they when they went to the top, that they'd already been to the truck. Oh, yeah. So but they kind of, I, did you guys go around the face? Yeah, you, like where you, you flew your drone over that canyon, we were on that other rim working, oh, okay. working around of the truck. Because we had, uh, uh, the, the, the tailgate was down, uh, and there was like water all over the back of the tailgate. And I forgot that it rained earlier that yeah. day, so I thought maybe they came and got, you know, grizz water and, and filled up stuff and then, and then headed back you know, yeah. out to another spot. So when I, cause when I got there, Grizz was sitting in like my seat here, uh, <laughs> looking out the window, you know, and uh, the, we had the windows cracked or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, well, I'll set my stuff down. And, and I walked around the truck and just kind of, you know, it was a, it was a tough, uh, hike buck up and out, up to that top part. 
So I was catching my breath and everything. And then uh, I saw Grizz and I was like, oh, I'll go ahead and let him out. He probably just got out, but we're here now and I'm not going anywhere. So I'll let him walk around a little bit. <laughs> I come to the door and Grizz has this look on his face like, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't feel good. And I'm like looking at him through the window and he's looking at me like he's glad to see me, but his tail's not wagging at all. He's just staring at me. And I was like, hey, buddy. And uh, and he just kind of has this look on his face. I was like, oh, I'll let him out. You know, I mean, immediately I opened the door and that familiar smell from the night before hit me in the face. <laughs> and Chris slowly climbs out of the truck you know and then like kind of walks around i'm like oh no <laughs> i mean it had been painted brown all over my spot of the seat the floorboard dan's jacket i mean just the whole thing and i was like oh dude oh man i honestly at that point i just felt bad for him i was like dude he had to be sick if he was gonna do that yeah so i get him down and i get him water and everything and and i'm staying as far from the truck as i possibly can uh to try to help him and he's just kind of walking around trying to walk it out and then i see um dan walking towards me and when i get up over that rim and i look over at chris chris is like he looks like he's been crying and laughing, and I don't know if it had just started when you started talking to me, but, like, you couldn't even get the sentence out at first. And you're like, Dan, dude, dude, Dan. Just because I knew it was so and bad. I'm like, I'm like, I what knew is it was so bad. I didn't, I didn't get a full look. I mean, you had probably been, like, maybe 30 seconds after that because I got him down and got him water. So, like, I hadn't had a chance to really process exactly what just took place. Well, and you're, like, giggling and talking to me, and you're like, dude, dude, Grizz just, like, shit all over the back seat and your, your like, fluffy sweatshirt thing. And I'm like, no, he didn't. And you're like, dude, dude, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. And I'm like, no, dude, you're still, you're just messing with me. <laughs> and you're like, dude, I really wish I wasn't. And I walk over and I open the door and it's just like smeared on the door on the back of the driver's seat, on the back of the driver's side real rear seat, on the floor, in between the seat and the door. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is not good. So I get on the radio and I'm now laughing also. <laughs> It's like, it's like laughing, not because it's like it's that funny. Like you, as it's much just as it's like it just, you just realize like well, this is bad. Like this is this is gonna be. We've got an eighteen-hour drive the next day, and it's like <laughs> and you're just looking at where you're gonna be sitting, and you're just like it's oozing out over to the the uh, the, the seat uh, the seat belts and down the cracks and the crevices, and you're just like, oh yeah, yep. And, and I'm like, dude. I, I'm gonna have to let Brian know right away. So I get yeah, on the radio. Chris being so peaceful and conflict avoidant will not doesn't tell me. I don't have yeah. a radio. Oh, you didn't, didn't have, have a radio. radio. I thought you were just too shy to tell me. No, like, no I have I, not had good experiences telling for talking to Brian about his dog at this point. <laughs> I get on the radio and I'm like laughing, trying. I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. Like, I shouldn't be laughing, but Brian, like, dude, Grizz pooped all over everything in the back seat of the truck. And you're like, oh, dude, that, 
That sucks. I did not say that. I don't know what you... I don't remember what I you said. I said some stuff that I regret staying on the same airwave as the preacher. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you guys... Well, Steven makes it back. I see him coming down, and he's just like, well, how bad is it? And I'm like, dude, it is not good. And so he's walking around. He's, like, dropping his pack, doing that stuff. And then he goes to the rear passenger seat and opens the door. And I'm not even close to it. I'm on, like, the driver's side taillight area. And he opens the door, and he's like, oh, oh, dude. (laughs) Dude, he's like, it is running out of the truck. And I'm like, what? And so I walk around to the door, and it's literally like a slow-moving stream coming out of the door, like off of the, off of Grizz's bed, down the floor, like dripping onto the ground in multiple little streams. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I go to get a closer look because I've never seen this. I've never seen a poop river before. <laughs> and when I do, the the both rear doors were open, and the wind just pushed a funnel of air straight into mine and Steven's faces, and we both start dry heaving. I mean, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be able to hold this one in. Like, I'm about to throw it Well, you're talking to everywhere. yourself out loud. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm literally telling myself, like, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Stop thinking about it, Dan. Don't think about it, Dan. Don't think about it. seeing what I just saw rolling out of that truck and the smell hitting me in the face at once. I mean, same with Steven. It was just too much for both of us. Back it up a minute. When I called over the radio and told you about it, you said whatever you said, and then you finished it up with, like, oh, well, hey, in the tool... In the tr- in the toolbox in the bed of the truck, there's some wipes, and that's how you ended it. And I'm like, like I'm not doing that. Like, well, at that point, this. he doesn't have context no, no, for no. what it is. So it's like I, we're watching a poop river yeah. flowing out of the door, and he's like, "Oh, there's some wet wipes uh, in the toolbox," and I'm like, "No, uh, uh-uh. uh, no, 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 I can't do." Well, and I thought, okay, like I'm gonna help with it for sure. But once that smell hit me, I was like, dude, I can't be anywhere near that truck right now. Like, I just can't go close to it. I'm going to throw up. And it took it took me a good couple minutes to just get back to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm fine now. I don't feel like everything's going to come up. There, so, was, there was three people laughing and one person that was very pissed. <laughs> dude, you were so <laughs> mad. Oh, I was fuming. I was fuming. You could have boiled eggs on my head. Yeah. I was, I was pissed. And... Because it's like, I'm not pissed at Grizz. I'm just pissed that I'm the guy that's got the dog that got sick. And yeah. that everyone has to pay the price. Yeah. I mean, it at, the, it at the end of the day, it wasn't like the Like, it sucked for sure. The cleanup took a little while. You're well, going to have to deal with some of that stuff still when you get home. Like, your truck cover or your seat cover. Well, luckily, like, yeah, I have custom fit leather seat cover. So, I just ripped off the bottom one. I couldn't get the top one off. But, like, so these guys are, by this point, they're, like, they've written off this experience. Like, it's just, like, yeah. I'm just going to sit back and laugh about it and joke about it. Yeah. But I'm, like, dude, I have to fix this. Well, no, we like, had been there dealing with, like, we had been around it for 10, 15 minutes at this point. Yeah. And so I was, like, uh, uh, it is so what it is. So they're cracking, like, a Dr. Pepper and just, like, whatever. And I'm, like, I am not taking my foot off the gas until this is done. 
Yeah. Like I'm going to like now I have to work. Like as much as you want to get done with a 10 mile day and just like relax, I'm like fuck. I got to get this stuff cleaned up. So I'm pissed. I'm sure I wasn't like pleasant to be around. Um, you you laughed a couple times, which I was like, all right, at so the he's end, doing at the end. Yeah, definitely, it was definitely closer to the end. I drop my pack, I rip out my toilet paper, and now I'm like doing this thing again. Like, what do I have to fix this situation? I have some like two year old wet wipes in the toolbox and a roll of toilet paper. Do I have to take a right? Yeah, you gotta. Oh, well, you don't have a K tag. Well, we're gonna figure it out. Um, and so. I clean up as much as I can. Like, I poke a hole with my knife in a water bottle and use that as a spray. And I do all this stuff to try to, like, clean it up. But, like, it, some of it was dry. So it was, like, not yeah. coming off. And I'm, like, trying to ask these guys for help where, like, but I don't want to ask them to do, like, the, like, nasty, like, the nastiest part. Because it's my dog. So I'm, like, dude, like, Chris, can you get, like, a roll of toilet paper out of my pack? Or, like, hey, Steven, can you get my Leatherman out of my pack? And, like, hopefully, like, not offending these people to, like, help me clean this up. But I wasn't really asking to, like, hey, can you clean that shit up? I'll clean this shit up. Yeah. No, it, I mean, I think, I think we were all willing to help. But I definitely was not going to be able to handle the, the, like, puddles or the little, like, poop pond that was on his bed. Like, I just couldn't do that part. Well, I'm we like, dude, just... I can, like, wipe the dry stuff off. I can get more There wipes. was nothing I can... dry. I don't know what you're talking about. I saw no dry. Dude, right down by where your calf oh, is right now. now. It's dry well, now. No, right down by where your calf is, there was definitely, like, a streak on there that I tried to wipe off. And, like, we, Chris and I were putting stuff in bags. Like, anything that had poop on it, we were just putting in a bag to deal with later. Um and so, like, we, I think we were all willing to help, but there's certain things that I just, we would have had a bigger mess if I had to touch that stuff. Yeah. And so we were just ripping gear out. Luckily, we had garbage bags in the toolbox. Like, oh, yeah, we have those. So I'm like, dude, just put his, his big dog bed in a bag, tie it off, put my seat cover in a bag, all the stuff under my seat that I just, I was just throwing stuff out behind me. Like, that got dirty, this got dirty. We found a bottle of, an old bottle of Dead Down Wind. Uh, scent killer spray. You're and like, dude, I don't have air freshener or anything. And it's like, what about the dead down wind? And you're like, if this works, I'm going to be the first brand ambassador they have. Yeah. And so Dan coats everything in my truck with dead down wind. I really do think it helped quite a bit. I can't smell it today. I mean, I don't smell it. I'm sitting in it. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not we anymore. Definitely, we got we definitely didn't clean everything out. I mean, there's like, it went back behind the seats in between the seats down the door like on the carpet it was oh yeah I'm, all over every type of surface so you know it's still in here well that's like but, the nice thing about these trucks is they got all these like nooks and crannies to like shove gear in yeah they got all these nooks and crannies when your that, dog explodes so i'm <laughs> like, i'm like gonna take the rear i'm gonna figure out how to take the whole rear seat out yeah. and like start from scratch i might even rip the carpet out just because i hate carpet and trucks anyway while i'm at it but yeah, it was. I couldn't smell it though. Like when I got there, I don't know if it's like you're in the dad role, so it's like you just got to buck up and take it. But I couldn't. Like I didn't really hit me like it hit you guys. Dude, it hit so like when that wind hit, it was the strongest, nastiest smell. I mean, it was just liquid over every, over a lot of yeah. square foot. Like there's a lot of poop real estate back there when. That door was open and the wind came through. Well, then I'm in this position like, okay, it's my truck. I'm driving. Like, not anything in my space got hit Yeah. in the driver's seat. So I'm like, 
I don't know, like, I don't really think we're getting much more progress at this point. Like, I think, like, we got as much as I can, but I don't want to be the guy that's like, okay, good enough, now sit in it. Yeah. Like, so I'm like, no, I think what we- do you guys think? Like, I, <laughs> you, were, you turned into the passive Chris, like, uh... So I cleaned up as much as I could, but you still have to sit in a crap-covered truck. And we're like, okay, we open up some garbage bags. We put those down. Everything was good at that point. I mean, honestly, the smell was not overwhelming. It was like a hint of it. Like, maybe... Yeah, every time you would open your window, it would just, like, suck a new draft in. Yeah, and I'm thinking, like, oh, the window open is actually going to, like... yeah. Help. Pull the pull the fresh air in and the poop smell like the faint poop smell out and the window going down did not help at all. Yeah, so we we closed it up, hot boxed it the whole hour back, and I'm like, dude, I'm just gonna like I'm gonna shove those garbage bags of things I have to clean up under my toolbox in the bed and just forget about it until I get home. I'm gonna roll all the windows down tonight and just let the truck air out as much as possible. But at this point, like I still have a sick dog. Yeah. In my mind, I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, so every ounce of noise that Grizz made that night, I woke up and checked on him, and I think Chris did too. Well, I we were trying to figure it out. Like, what did he eat? Yeah. Because I I don't think he got a ton of scraps no. from anywhere. I, I mean, think, I didn't intentionally feed him any scraps. Yeah. I, and none of us did. I mean, we were all hungry. We ate. We ate and cleaned our plates. Like, did and he, so, like, get blackstone grease out of the garbage bag, maybe? Like, I don't know. Like, It could have been something like that, but honestly, I don't know if I don't know if dogs get affected by altitude. It like might have been people that. do. You know what I mean? Like, like dehydration, he, heat stroke, altitude. He's used to cruising cornfields, not going up and down boulder yeah. fields and mountains and scrub oak and, like, at that altitude. Or, like, so, stress, too, maybe. Just, like, that much stress. I mean, he recovered pretty quick, though. Yeah, now he's, he's fine. He's I just like his tail. He's, like, kind of got it, got his out of his system. Well, and, and what's funny is he was, like, walking slow, limping around like he was a 13-year-old lab. And I was thinking, dude, he's just exhausted. But as soon as his poop was solid, he seems like he's moving around just fine. So I don't yeah. even know if it was necessarily, like, that much exhaustion and overwork. But, dude, his stomach was probably just tore up and it was uncomfortable to move around. Oh, I bet. I mean, you don't move around very fast when you get the flu either. Oh, so definitely not. Everything aches and, you know. So, yeah, I was just like, God, I'm that guy. I'm that guy that thought it'd be a good idea to bring his dog on this shed hunt. Dude, the first shed hunt I do with you, you're chuffing <laughs> in the woods. The second shed hunt I do with you, your dog's crapping in the tent and the seat that I got to sit in. Yeah. Like, so, don't bring your wife, man, because she's going to come down with something. <laughs> she wants to come bad, too. That's a problem. But we won't. I learned that Grizz is a great dog. He's a great shed dog. He does well on whitetails and roosters. But he's just not built for the southwest United States. Yeah. And, like, the, you, there's no good options. Like, we went through the checklist. Like, can we leave him in the tent? Well, not really, because it's going to get hot. No airflow. We can't leave the door open for him to get out, because then he'll get lost. We're an hour away. Can we leave him in the truck? Well, that's not great either. Can we, you know, like, there's yeah. no options if he needs to take a day off unless somebody else takes a day off. And, like, Chris was like, if you guys want to walk a little bit on the last day before we leave, like, I'm probably not going to go. So I had to hang out with Grizz, but we're like, oh, like, yeah, I think we're all done. I think we were all – I mean, we had a really great final day. We found 15 or 16 the last day. Yeah. We had a good time the next morning just kind of hanging out in camp, slept in a little bit. Steven was eyeing up my little rear view mirror antler shed that I hang and he was just loving it. And he's like, I'm like, Oh, you just get him at shields. And he's like, what's a shields? 
And so I'm like, well, you can just have that one. He's like, no, 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 I ain't taking that. Well, he tells me like, oh, you didn't find a hard brown or a brown, so you should just take my big brown. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to take that. He's like, I'll trade it for you for that shed. So I traded him my two-inch shed for a, I don't know, 100-inch brown. Dude, that, I mean. That was a lucrative trade in my book. For sure. I already decided that I'm going to go buy a bunch of those sheds for next time <laughs> and just hang them in my truck when we shed hunt with him. No, well, you ended up pretty good too. Dude, he's he's such a good dude. And like at the end, I was like, sweet man, uh, I don't have one of those little sheds, but I'll trade you the camera guy. <laughs> and he's like, I know, all of a sudden, I can he's like, oh, the, no. Uh, pass off trade. Yeah. He didn't even want me. That he's like, no, 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 dude, you can just have those <laughs> no, for free. Can, I don't you want your those. camera guy either. So I was like, I was thinking like, man, if we traded Steven, that's a, or if we traded Chris, that's a lot of gear we don't have to put in the truck on the way back. And then and he still didn't want me. Steven kind of did the same thing as as uh, Chris did with like that soft clothes. He's like, first he's like, oh hey, here you can have this brown forky mule deer because you didn't find a brown mule deer. And then he's like, hey, I'll trade you that brown elk for your brown thing. And then yeah, and he guess gave what? You I didn't find match. any mule deer at all and you still got the brown mule deer from him and the, well it's this big and then <laughs> you got a shed he gave you the match to yours which is kind of the rule anyway oh yeah and then what else did he say he's like oh and if you i don't I'm not gonna need these deer sheds you guys want them and he's doing this like like platter who's, who's gonna take them and, and i'm and, i'm and, never and, that guy who's like oh I mean, if nobody else wants, I'm like, dude, I'm not letting Brian snatch all these up. Like, I'm going to take a couple for sure. I didn't want to take all of them either, but no one was moving, and Steven's like, you guys are taking these. So I'm like, I'll take this one, and I pick that 164 point, and Dan's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was still doing the Minnesota nice thing. Yeah, but he's like, dude, and he's and like, I'm probably that, just going to chuck all these chalks, and I'm like. And hard whites. He's like, you know what, you guys are just take them all. Yeah, just take them all, and I'm like, dude, this is like money. Like, yeah. this is actual money that you would make off of this stuff. Yeah. Are you sure? He's like, dude, I'm absolutely sure. And I kind of had that feeling the whole time because he's just that good of a dude that yeah. he was going to be like, you guys take everything home. Yeah, so we won't be selling them. I'm going to be putting them on the mantle. You got a couple good hard whites. Even camera guy uh, Chris got a uh, – what you get? What would you end up with, like a hard white elk shed? Yeah. 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 A hard white and then his uh, toasted mallow. Yeah, stuff shed. The yeah. brown on one side, white on the other. The excavated piece. So yeah, man. At this point, we're like half hour away from KC. Yeah. It was an awesome trip. That was so I I did all my prayers wrong. I prayed for the elk. We had a great day. I did not pray for Grizz to to not have an accident <laughs> in the truck. He had an accident in the truck that night. I prayed for him to have an incident-free sleep so I could actually sleep, and he did. I didn't sleep because I was still worried, but he did. Yep. And so I, I, I should have been doing the right, the right prayers. Just very, right <laughs> just very, very specific from now on. Yeah. Oh man, there's gonna be a laundry list. Oh yeah. So, dude, it was fun, man. Thanks guys for coming, and I hope we get to do this again, like year after year. Yeah. Hopefully next year we hit up like Arizona or maybe even Colorado and just do something. We'll have to figure out a way to get Steven on something cool out here that he wants to do and kind of a return the favor. Wrapping up our two bets, if you listen to the Western Rookie, which you should have. Yep. I was way off on my number, right? So it ended up being 26 total, 23 total. I think 23, and Steven found one he didn't pick up, so 24. 24 total, 
So I had to carry a deer shed in with me everywhere we went. Yep. The hotel, restaurants, gas stations. I had to. I carried it into the bathroom with me when I had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And uh, so my bet that I kind of came up with backfired on me. And then I came up with a bet. Whoever I like to like do like whoever shoots the biggest or whoever finds the biggest has to buy lunch or a meal on the way back because it's kind of like that bittersweet like i won but i also got to pay for winning yeah and so i'm like whoever finds the biggest shed has to buy dinner and it came close it was like if i had a two if my two wasn't busted off it probably would have won so yeah we had to hold him up and let Steven be the judge since he finds more than both of us combined he's like yeah that one's gonna have more mass so I had to buy dinner that my bet backfired on me just as bad. Yeah, but it was it was a good trip overall and um yeah, Arizona next year hopefully hopefully we can get into Browns cuz I totally see what he means. Like once you start getting into him, it can get hot in a hurry and you might just find a whole pile of really good sheds. Dude, I'm telling. <laughs> also, be on the lookout. Ramsack Nation is going to come out with shirts that just have a flat bill hat. <laughs> Black rim glasses, and it just says, dude, I'm telling you. And that is going to wrap it up for today's show. Man, I had so much fun going out and hanging out with these three dudes, and I absolutely love getting to share these stories, these experiences, the knowledge, and just the, the passion for the outdoors that other people have. I love getting to share that with all of you guys. And so hopefully you guys are enjoying it. If you want to go and see the video from it, go check out the Nomadic Outdoorsman YouTube page and you can see the entire Shed Trip video. It is live now. And please leave a review and a rating on any of this stuff, whether it's the podcast or social media or YouTube. If you guys are enjoying it, I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you guys want to see too. So leave a comment. Thanks again. Until next time, always choose adventure and God bless.